and welcome back, sort of, to uh, Young Boozer. It's been about 18 months. Uh, we're in a rather different situation uh, to where we used to be. We're now podcasting rather than at the mercies of uh, Ofcom and uh, and radio regulations. But I'm still Barnaby. Uh, Dan's still here. But um, we have made a, a few changes. Um, you know, we heard loud and clear the feedback that we got previously from you guys, which was that we were a bit kind of politically homogenous. You know, we didn't really have any dissenting views uh, on the show. It was all kind of broadly in, in one particular kind of uh, direction, which is why um, we, we're welcoming a new member of the team. Um, welcoming Will. Hello. Uh, hi, Will. Um so Will is a third worldist, whereas Dan and I are obviously doctrinaire Marxist-Leninist. So hopefully that will uh, give the the needed uh, political balance. Will, uh, welcome to uh, welcome to Young Boozer. Thank you for having me on, Barnaby. Um, you know what they say these days: if you say you're English, you're thrown in jail, and that's the way we like it. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, yeah, as I said uh, last time, we were uh, in your ears. It was 2019. We did a lot of stuff uh, leading up to the 2018 midterm elections and we're now kind of around the uh, time of the 2020 presidential election it's uh just under two weeks um and we're in a kind of weird semi-redux of 2016 in a number of ways you know trump is running for the republicans he's still donald trump and everything that entails he's still making weird statements the dems have chosen a fairly kind of establishment figure with kind of strong ties to the obama administration um but I think obviously the situation otherwise is kind of different. Um, you know, we have COVID, obviously. Uh, the Dem is polling quite a way ahead, as opposed to slightly ahead. And despite controversies around their record and, you know, stuff to do with close associates, um, that doesn't seem to be making much of an impact. But I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I do kind of feel like we're still waiting for the Comey letter of this election. Maybe I'm just uh, being a bit pessimistic, but I still feel like something's going to uh gonna come up but on the other hand it seems like the republicans in particular certain members of trump's legal team can't wait for you know the revelation that you know everything q said is absolutely true and they're trying to kind of force the issue by making stuff up um i'm of course talking about uh hunter biden joe biden's son and this uh slightly weird uh laptop I guess I say scandal with kind of quotation marks because uh, no one really knows what's going on, especially not Rudy Giuliani, who is the guy trying to push all this. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, not. I I must admit I I'm not too up on a on a lot of it. Is it is the entire sort of story in doubt, or is it just the you know laptop computer repairman stuff that's in doubt? Okay, yeah, the so... actual documents themselves are are true. No. Um, well, we don't know, but considering that, as you've mentioned, for, for reference to anyone who doesn't isn't aware of this, um, last week the New York Post um, published what it was hoping to be a sort of huge election-shifting story in which a Delaware computer repairman had apparently come into possession of, um, I think, three broken laptops that were left to him by a guy that he thinks might have been Hunter Biden. But he can't remember because he's old and also he's legally blind. But he thinks it might have been him, which apparently contain emails with, you know, subject headers like, you know, plan to steal large amounts of money and bribes 
um, which apparently also include, you know, emails from his dad, Joe Biden, being like, good job, son, keep up the crimes, and things like that. Basically, the story very quickly became one of Rudy Giuliani, who is now Trump's kind of personal lawyer, going on Fox News and various local um, news stations to say that he was fed this information by this laptop repairman and that it needs to be investigated in case it is Hunter Biden uh, and his emails. No one actually knows what's on these laptops or anything like that. They're just kind of relying on hearsay. Now, this isn't to say that like Hunter Biden might not be guilty of things. You know, I hasten to put this out. You know, Hunter Biden has been kind of seen as like a potential Achilles heel for for Joe Biden for a while because, you know, he has a history of drug problems and kind of a record as kind of a, a classic like congressional fail son, I guess. That he's, you know, been trying to do business with like Chinese and Russian people using his dad's name. But it, it seems increasingly clear that that they don't really know exactly what this story is since it hasn't been immediately picked up and reported as though it was true. Mm. Well, I think they have... So I don't think the Biden campaign have actually denied... The, they haven't come out and said these are fake, basically, which is what you would sort of expect if they were just completely fake, which suggests that they either don't know that they're fake or they are, or they are at least in part possibly real. But as you say, the story of how the New York Post ended up with them seems pretty implausible. There's also the thing of like, I'm pretty sure Hunter Biden lives in California. So yeah. what he was doing in a Delaware appliance repair store kind of remains to be seen considering his dad doesn't really work or live there anymore. Mm. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah um, that was the first thing that jumped out to me was, yeah, why would Hunter Biden be in Delaware? We all know, we all know he's a Skid Row guy. Like... <laughs> there, there's no reason for him to be in that part of the that part of the country but um i was sort of working under the assumption that because i hadn't seen any explicit denials at least partially some of the stuff was accurate and this was just a, a really bad you know attempt to cover up whatever illegal method they used to to acquire this mm. um which that could be it, it. Yeah, that seemed the most likely option to me. Yeah. But frankly, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. Well, no, it hasn't. No. And, I, and I think part of the problem is also that, like, I think some of the material that has been released is just, like, Hunter Biden just emailing guys like Burisma and various other companies just being like, hey, we should meet up. Which, mm. again, it's just, like, dodgy fail-son behavior of, like, trying to, do, trying to do deals. Kind of like the Trump Jr. meeting with that Russian guy where nothing actually got discussed. And also they're, like, the other problem I think is also that like the stuff that Joe Biden is being linked to Joe Biden is him just being like, "Son, I love you. I know you've had problems, but I care about you." I mean, just like yeah. And I think we've had this. I think there's been so quite a lot where it's like there's lots of things wrong with Joe Biden, um, and lots of like potential lines of attack. The main problem being with the Republicans, they can't really attack him on like the crime bill or his attitude to the Supreme Court or like sexual assault because they generally think that stuff is good. Um, but. But all this stuff really makes him look like he's like a nice old guy who loves his son. <laughs> My favorite one was the um, the attack they did on him, where they tweeted out like a picture of, I think it was like a side by side comparison of Biden and Trump, and like the whole the caption had to be like, oh, you know, Biden looks really frail in this photo, but Biden was like coming out of the church, and Trump was just like posing on like the White House lawn or something. 
And it just made Biden look far better than Trump. Which has kind of just been the story of the election in that, like, as I said, like, like Joe Biden is, like, generally as, you know, I'm sure for various gendered reasons, but, like, generally seen as, like, a nicer person and less, like, easy to dislike than Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. He has lots of stuff on his record that, like, is just as bad as stuff on Hillary Clinton's record, if not worse, for sure. But also has generally managed to successfully portray himself as exactly the kind of candidate that Hillary Clinton couldn't in 16, in that, like, you are actually seeing records of, like, these, like, suburb conservative-ish suburbanites going for him. The mm. public generally likes him more than they dislike him. And so this stuff just doesn't have quite the same, like, heat. And also, like, when, when Trump tries to bring up Hunter Biden in the debate, like, Biden's response was immediately like, yes, my son had lots of problems, um, but he's fought past them, very proud of him. And then, of course, talked about Beau Biden, who obviously very sadly died of cancer four years ago. Whereas, obviously, Clinton has had the, the you know, Vince Foster, Whitewater, Travelgate, Seth Rich, just all kinds of, like, things that have followed her and have been, like, massive tropes in conservative media over the last, like, 25 years as well. Whereas, what's the worst thing that's been said about Biden that he occasionally gaffs and says things that are a bit, like, on PC by like Democrat standards, which again, I most mean, people don't care about. Yeah, the active dementia as well. But oh yeah, for sure. But then when the other when guy he's also running has against that. Trump, that's <laughs> that's not uh, a yeah. major a major worry, is it? If uh, yeah. no, you should he's see curr- the other guy. He's currently like Trump is currently in the process of like mutating like the guy from Akira. Like his brain is like now humanoid, and will soon start developing tentacles. Just based on all the steroids they've got him on after he got COVID, like he, if you're going to keep pro- doing anime references, I'm not coming back on the show. <laughs> you signed a contract, though. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> Besides, Akira's like fairly well known in the West. It wasn't like I was talking about like fairy tale or something. I I don't. Uh... Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I guess yeah. This is this has kind of been the story that Republicans try to push. And as much as, you know, I think you guys are right to say that, like, yeah, there could be something in this. And, you know, again, Hunter Biden probably has done some slightly dodgy stuff. And his dad's name has been used for this. And generally, there's things you could say. But since it wasn't immediately picked up on, we've now also had, I think, uh, Giuliani then changed the story about how it happens to Hunter Biden walked in drunk into this laptop repair (laughs) store and, like, slurred something at the guy, then walked out again. Again, not really answering my questions. And then you had the absolute most, well, funniest or worst thing, depending on your point of view, which is um, Ron Johnson, who is the Republican, I think he's the head of the Intelligence Committee or something along those lines, um, who went on Fox News and basically suggested that there was child porn on the laptops. Which is just, again, if, there's, if you didn't need any more evidence that, that Q has just taken over the Republican Party, that's it right there. I like the idea that they're like, there's child porn. There's child porn here. I like the idea that they're like, we've got this laptop with child porn on. No, we haven't given it to the police yet. Yeah, no, exactly. We're, we're, we're keeping it to see if there's anything, <laughs> anything bad, like him asking for bribes from Ukrainian mobsters. Yeah, that's why we need to check through all the emails on it before we give it to the FBI. Yeah, 
just 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 real bad stuff. But then again, as we've noticed from from polls lately, uh, there's a solid five percent of guys who think that Joe Biden and Democrats are part of a paedophile ring and are still going to vote for them. So maybe they may as well just come out and say it. They think that he's going to be more competent at running the pedo ring than Trump is. I honestly think that might be it. I I, I think there is you know not many, but at least a couple of thousands of people who are of the view that both Trump and Biden are either paedophiles or lizard people, but also think that Biden was a more competent lizard person. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's I time mean, to bring dignity back to the Illuminati. Make yeah. Bohemian Grove, Grove great again. <laughs> exactly. That, But the whole story of the election has just been like, yeah, Trump's entire campaign has been about accusing Biden of things which you know, may or may not be true, but also exactly describe Trump. Like, you know, uh, Biden uses his position to get you know his influence to promote his children's careers. You know, Trump Trump's White House is literally full of his children and relatives. Um, or you know, Biden's not mentally fit to be president. Yeah, just just things which Trump is obviously guilty of. Well, again, it's it's sort of an inverse of of sixteen in that way, isn't it? Because hmm. that is exactly what Hillary did to Trump in in twenty sixteen was accuse him of a bunch of things that that he was able to flip back it was you know trump's long history of of sexual assault uh you know gets flipped back onto Juanita Broderick and and you know every, everything that bill clinton Jennifer flowers did. yeah um and you know trump's going to start a war uh, well yeah that was yeah. a <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm still truck... shocked that we haven't had one, to be honest. You know, he was right. He's put an end to the Forever Wars. Um, well, he, I mean, he hasn't, really. He hasn't started any more Forever Wars. Yes, yes, no, I'll give him that. But, but you know, there's... Uh... Yeah. He's still got two weeks. Well, he's still got more than that, actually. Even if he loses. Yeah, even if he, even if he does lose. Oh, um... if he starts a war in the lame duck, that would be <laughs> the funniest thing. <laughs> Just, and just folks, I'm just pop. saying, they got this thing, it's called Rally Around the Flag. Now, now <laughs> everyone apparently voted for Joe Biden, but I think we should just, we should just do it again. Just do it again. I love the idea of him just like deciding to just ruin Biden's entire presidency by just invading Ger- Iran in like the end of December. The thing is, we genuinely can't rule this out. Just send like... in like a million troops into, into Iran. <laughs> oh my doomed, god. Doomed invasion. It, it, it honestly could happen. Because like, we already know like the GOP are already like... In the anticipation that that Trump will lose, which you know, yeah, very much could not happen, all this kind of thing. In the Congress, they're already like gearing up to just immediately pivot back to austerity, mm. which is one way they're going to fuck Biden's uh, presidency out of the gate straight up. You know, we can't spend outside our means. All this stuff. Trump could very easily just, even if it's not like a new war, like Trump could just be like, yeah, troop surge in Hellman. Fuck it, mm. why not? I don't know. I think if he loses and he has a lame duck, I think he'll probably just complain for a while and then, I don't know, possibly pivot to whatever he, his plans are post-presidency. I'm sure he has probably thought about it. I feel like he's not going to... Again, we, we, we shouldn't be talking like he, like he has lost because he, he could still well yeah. still pull out of the bag. But I feel like his post-presidency in either way is going to be very similar to his, his, his during presidency. In a, like, He's going to sit in his office, in this case, in Trump Tower rather than the White House, and he's going to call in to, to conservative news. Mm. And he's going to tweet a bunch. Because there's all this stuff like, oh, he's going to start like a, a TV show, or he's going to start a radio show. He doesn't need to, because 
he can call into Lou Dobbs or Hannity, maybe you know, probably not Tucker Carlson, but he could, I guess, if he really wanted to, and just talk for like an hour, mm. which is what he does already. But at least it won't be like he should be doing something slightly more important, like taking a shit or something. Mm. But well, yeah, and all the whole the whole rumor about him starting the TV channel was back when Fox was not one hundred percent pro Trump. And the idea, and when Breitbart yeah. was still doing quite well, and Bannon was still kind of seen as a serious figure, yeah. And it would be Breitbart TV, more or less, and you know, he he would it would be his views as opposed to Fox, which you know at that time was still sort of, yeah, not not pro Trump necessarily. Whereas now, I mean, then that, then again, obviously, if he does lose, you don't really know where Fox is going to go. Like, I'm not saying it's going to become like establishment GOP again, but like it kind of depends the direction the party goes. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it will go the direction of the GOP, which I doubt is going to swing back to <laughs> to the Any establishment. Than, Guys, yeah. it's time for sensible immigration reform. <laughs> yeah, we, can, kind of, we me... can cut a deal on the budget. Hannity comes out and does like the exact same thing he did after 2012, where he's just like, yeah, it's time for um, comprehensive immigration reform and a path to citizenship. Well, that we would be so. the uh, that would then all that would happen then is yeah Fox News goes back to mainstream Republican and One America News Network becomes the new <laughs> Fox News it becomes as popular as Fox News honestly not impossible I also think that if Biden does win um, maybe not Breitbart but something along those lines will become huge again like yeah the way the way Breitbart's traffic just plummeted as soon as Trump got in was just pretty... I know Bannon left as well, but like I think we realised that Bannon was not the political genius that uh, you know Robbie Mook thought he was. Um, he was, in fact, just another weird Virginia guy on cocaine um, who managed to luck his way into a good position. But, like, yeah, there'll be something else that comes up that, that mm. starts endlessly going on about Hunter Biden or Kamala Harris, you know, whatever she did when she was uh, DA or of California or when she was going out with the mayor of LA or something. Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking about it today because I think people have sort of forgotten the extent, the kind of cyclical nature of stuff like the Tea Party and then the resistance in that before Obama got in, you had like a very big anti-Bush protest movement and there was a yeah, lot the of, net, kind of the energy on the left. Yeah, there was a lot of energy on the left through like the 2006 midterms and then 2008, which then sort of got demobilized uh, to a pretty significant extent under Obama and then obviously you had the Tea Party which was able to put out huge numbers of people at rallies across America and you know yeah, from... but I, I, I think it is slightly different this time around because in 08 Obama was effectively the left candidate there mm. wasn't really a, a like there wasn't a large section of sort of the left wing of the party that were feeling like you know, they got close and and were yeah either either sure. lost legitimately or, as a lot of people think, were sort of done out of it by nefarious means. So I think that will help keep people mobilised. I'm not sure how effective it will be, but there's definitely going to be a, a sort of larger core mm. this time around that yeah. don't get absorbed because well, they weren't given that bone. I definitely yeah, see- I think that's true, definitely. I think social media helps a, a lot more than yeah, it used to. There's also the fact that like Obama's people and the, the Dems generally for like his term really dropped the ball on like elections that weren't the presidential ones. 
like they really did not make much of an effort in 10 12 they obviously did because they were like shit we might lose this thing then 14 like they lost a lot of very winnable races in all those yeah. times but that's what um, i mean i'm talking about if but, you look but at... oh, trump sorry i was gonna say but then trump in 18 you know the gop actually won seats in like the senate they lost them in the house of course but like there was still clear enthusiasm for really? that guy which might just be a thing of trump but as will said it's also the fact that like there are guys out like it depends on how clever the biden people could be if they get in and generally the dnc i mean they're not planning on the dnc becoming good at their jobs but like you know they won the seats they should have won in 18 and we'll see how well they do in 20 but like they have an opportunity to carry on the momentum. 22 is actually a decent map if you're a, G- a Dem, you know, Senate candidate, for example. You know, Pat Toomey's uh, resigning, Rubio's up, Ron Johnson's either up again or is resigning. You know, there, there are, again, winnable seats out there, but it mm. all depends on how they perform and if they can keep enthusiasm and, um, you know, uh, actually, you know, the money flowing as well, which, you know, could happen. It could be that Trump has just unlocked this tap of like we know what they're actually going to do now it's not like we're running against like oh these crazy tea party guys what can they do or like oh this guy romney half the republicans that like him anyway like you know they know what the opposition is now and what they would like to do i don't know i'm guessing but i can see an argument or at least a situation where if biden isn't completely constricted and like a victim of circumstance they're able to go into 22 Obviously, it's a midterm, but they can still go in to a certain situation where, like, they have a chance of at least treading water. Mm. Yeah, I think I think Biden's first two years are probably not going to be as bad as Obama's were, purely because you would think with the <laughs> well, he won't be eating dog the... in the White House. He won't be blowing <laughs> guys in a limo. He won't be taking you know five breaks a day to pray. <laughs> I'm, I, mean, I wouldn't you... be too sure about the second one there. I mean, <laughs> www.bidenparty.org, it's going to be the great shock site of the uh, the early 2020s. <laughs> <laughs> there was that Fox, or it was a Fox thing or something that was like, um, like, Hunter is the prostitute, Biden is the pimp, and maybe they know something we don't. <laughs> Look, he, he named his child Bo, and and Bo is is a slang term for for partner. So I think we know what was going on here. <laughs> That's all I'll say on the matter. You know, you need to look into this stuff. Now listen, 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 Jack. My son Bo, he can go longer than anyone I know, and I mean that in a number of ways. You know, back um, I knew a guy back in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and whoo, he had some stamina. Yeah, that's all I'll say. I am quite excited to see what will happen to Biden's like mental state over the next four years, because there is a good chance that it just completely goes within like two years. It would be re- not. It wouldn't be funny, but it would be quite funny because like everyone's speculating that like he'll come out quite early on and say like I won't run for a second term and endorse Kamala Harris, or maybe even in extreme circumstance, it's like you know it's uh, late 2023 and he like publicly resigns and is like, you know, Kamala Harris is my appointing successor. Blah, blah, blah. If it's just like May, 2021 Biden is president. And it's just a story that's like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> and just everything the GOP were saying was just absolutely correct. Like he spends the first three months in office, like 
worse than that. Because, like, obviously, like, I'm not saying he's, like, compass mentis now. But, like, he can speak for an hour and a half in a debate. And, like, he, he does know where he is. Now he's mm. definitely running for president and he could be the president. He knows where he is and he knows what he's doing. But once it becomes having to react to, like, you know, constantly changing circumstances, he's just there just calling people the wrong name. He keeps talking about, like, how he's going to talk to President Clinton about this. And then just, like, two months later, he dies. Ooh, what if he goes the Philip route and just starts being incredibly racist all the time? I think yeah, he should do it already. It would help him win some of these reach states. You've got to get Georgia, talking. yeah. Exactly. They, they keep talking about how Georgia is within reach, Texas is within reach, even South Carolina. He's going to get, you know, he's going to get, you know, a decent amount of the uh, the minority vote and the college educated liberal vote if he goes down to uh, to Little Rock and just let slip a little, just a little, little one, little, 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 little slur. I reckon he could really shore up his numbers. The thing is, I'm just if you think about him dying in like May 2021, you know how everyone said that all the like conspiracy theories that cared he was about to, you know pull out of Vietnam or like go back to the gold standard or whatever and that's why he was killed I would be looking forward to the theories about why Biden was killed like what he was going to do in office that led him to be bumped off by the CIA he was about to make a grand bargain on the deficit and yeah. Antifa assassinated him mm. and then Biden becoming like a candy figure but for like millennials oh god he's he like would, the best president ever he would become such a martyr for like just the worst like Biden, of people. Biden was actually right about he was actually gonna pass Medicare for all, and then he was killed off. He was about to make a speech saying he was gonna do it. Right. If that happens, I will become the the Oliver Stone for, for this theory. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, Dan is more Biden inspiring Biden than mine. Seen, he'd actually seen the light. Well, like, what you would know, be his what would be his road to to Damascus moment that you'd I have to you know behind closed doors what would be the thing that would would spur him onto that because... when he did that interview with Andy Barkin <clears throat> yeah that, would, that 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 that's a decent argument like if he was going to go for it now like earlier on he could have been like when Bo died yeah but that's... If, if if he wanted to go for a more recent one he'd be like you know I was still wasn't sure I was thinking about it. And then when I sat down with A.D. Barker and I, I, I really realised that it was time to make a stand, but I couldn't do it during the election because I'd already like said this and that. That could be the, that, that, could, that could definitely be the moment. Hmm. I just I don't actually I, I think this this whole, you know, I don't think it will be as quick as that, though. I, I do think he'll probably see out at least the majority of his first term. No, I'm um, with you. I'm with you again if he wins, but yeah, I'm with you. I have an I have an incredibly funny vision of him attempting to go for term two and just not listening to anyone else. I um, genuinely think, I, think that he tried, I I gen- can genuinely imagine. Him, I know he'd want to, but yeah, trying to do it and like getting to the point where like they're going. It's like a month before the Iowa caucus, and Harris obviously wouldn't be able to run against him, but he's like down by 20 points against jb pritzker or something and has to just be like yeah i'm 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 actually became ill yesterday i have a cold i can't do oh it oh my god the thing is like i actually think that is a if, like looking at the economy in the current situation this is probably about as bad as it's going to get realistically you know if you think there's going to be a vaccine at some point next year um if the 
prior to season at all, next year should be pretty much just sort of continuous improvement in the economy. Plus, after Trump, if Biden just doesn't really say much in public, people will probably be okay with it because they just want a break from Trump constantly being on the news. This is true. But then there's also the thing of like, <clears throat> how much will the economy improve? Because like, you know, as much as Obama did like make a lot of mistakes, there was definitely the whole thing of the GOP were like doing austerity or trying to force them into austerity so the economy would stay kind of mm. crap. So they could then be like, we need <laughs> tax cuts. Like the <laughs> the um the US does have like the opposite thing to like the UK where like the Dems are actually pretty much the fiscally conservative party because they always just get scared into doing like budget balancing. And then the GOP come in and like cut taxes and spend a shit ton of money on like defense and other things. It always kind of works in that cycle rather than like the the kind of Western cycle where you get like budget cutting conservatives and you know big spending kind of center left parties. I don't know. Mm. Well, I think it depends. I mean, it obviously depends on whether or not they take the House and Senate because I think if they do, then they will pass some kind of stimulus bill. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the vaccine situation improving alone just in terms of you know bars reopening. It should probably do them at least up until the midterms. I'm with you on yeah, that. Yeah, so I think the first two years, yeah, unless obviously something completely unexpected happens, which it probably will, should be, yeah, obviously he'll have legislative fights and stuff, and there'll be arguments over healthcare and the Supreme Court. But the general background of the economy should be pretty okay, at least better than Obama's was in the first two years, where it really just got worse through to, I think, at least mid 2000, like, I think it, until into like almost up to the midterms, it was still getting worse or barely improving. Hmm. Um, I've just been quiet for the past couple of minutes. I would just like to cut in to say I was doing some show related research and uh, Ladbrokes currently have Donald Trump at 20 to 1 to Grover Cleveland it and uh, win in 2024. If any of you are, <laughs> are betting men, I I would be perhaps inclined to to put a tenor on that for a laugh. Yeah, I'm with funny. you. I'm with you. I think this has been mentioned by a few commentators. They're like, you can't rule him out if he does lose. Yeah, trying to run again. I definitely think in the Hillary wins in 16 by the skin of her teeth first, Trump is definitely getting elected this year. I think you would definitely. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Even if she manages COVID better, if she gets in skin of her teeth 16, she gets absolutely routed in the midterms in 18. The GOP yeah. get almost 60 seats in the Senate. Trump runs again. You know, wipes the floor with Cruz, Cotton, all these weirdos, um, and yeah, I think he he might win like narrowly-ish if Clinton like does okay with COVID. But yeah, Trump definitely gets in now if Clinton wins. I I didn't used to think that, but I definitely think it now. Yeah, no, I think that, and I think well, people Clinton Clinton would have got absolutely nothing done. Um, not even not even on a, on an ideological level just she would not have held the house or the senate for the entirety of her presidency they might have won possibly the senate but actually if if, if she scrapes home post comey letter she probably doesn't yeah if it's like you know like 100,000 votes slip or whatever then no she doesn't have the senate yeah and there's no like... there's no replacement for for scalia there's they might even like filibuster like half her not filibuster, but block half her cabinet appointments. Yeah. But also I think like they would have as you say, they would have been absolutely annihilated in twenty eighteen. Um 
they would have lost they would have lost Wisconsin, they'd probably have lost Minnesota see Michigan mm. probably even in trouble in like maybe even in Virginia. Ohio like, they probably would have lost. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. They just would have been yeah, it just would have been fucking brutal. And in terms of like on the state level, I remember somebody saying that like if it got really bad, conceivably Republicans could be quite close to being able to amend the constitution just through having like getting quite close to 66 Senate seats. Oh, through state. Oh, oh do you mean and through, through state, and on, and on state yeah. level as well? Because they have, they would have so many legislatures if they had a bad year in 2018, because they would have had, assuming Hillary doesn't, they don't do too well in 2016. That's basically like, what, three, three wave elections out of four. Yeah. 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 Um, what I would like to know though, where do you think, uh, how do you, how do you see Q developing uh in a clinton presidency because obviously like like, it wouldn't be q because it it wouldn't be because the q the initial actual q thing was someone who claimed to have uh, a q level security clearance Mm, uh, which is you know obviously not going to be the the angle that it would have taken but pizzagate was a was a thing uh, already in the the immediate run up to the election so yeah well, I think the Q thing is, yeah, I think, and you've sort of seen it happen now anyway, where Q has, as it's become bigger and more mainstream, has also seems to have become slightly less weird. Because obviously the initial thing was, like, Donald Trump is sent by God to avenge, like, to, like, destroy the, the cabal of pedophiles and, and yeah, send them all to Guantanamo Bay. Whereas a lot of the more content you see nowadays is sort of more generic, just there are loads of pedophiles in the government and Trump needs to get rid of them or is getting rid of them. And the whole kind of weird religious stuff is sidelined a bit. Um, and the fact that he, I'd like the whole, he's going to send the Guantanamo Bay at this, this and that period. So I think that would probably have happened this time around. It would have been just a more generic, like Hillary Clinton is running a pedophile ring out of the White House and we need to, we need like to get rid of her, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um... No, I'm with you, yeah. Because the, 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 I think a big part of the queue... I'm going to call it psychosis because, like, I'm sorry, but it is it is just fucking schizophrenic insanity. Like, it's going to, like, become the mainstream of geopolitics really kind of is. But I've, I've told you before that I believe that Q will be the GOP nominee in 2024, whatever happens. Um, like, it, it would... It, it, it originated out of this idea that, like... This has been like litigated load times, but like you know, guys thought that Trump's going to come in and just sweep away everything they hated. You know, Obama, Clinton, all these left-wing celebrities, all these sickos. And it didn't happen, and so it arose out of a desire to justify that. I think that's pretty obvious, like where it came from. You know, it's them kind of dreaming that Trump is thinking about doing the stuff that they want to do to their political opponents, which I guess you know means that it's a natural different situation. But yeah, I'm with Dan, where I think it's just like. Yeah, it would be Hillary Clinton and John Podesta uh, molesting children in the in the White House. Mm. Which I think is actually what's going to happen with it now, after, if assuming Trump loses, where, you know, as it's broadened into this whole kind of save the children thing, where it's just sort of... Even generic. into the UK, we, we, we've seen. Yeah, it's just sort of become like a generic anti-human trafficking. Yeah. Uh, an anti-paedophilia like thing, which is not, you know new and has been a big part of culture since you know i mean you look at the stuff brass i was satirizing back in um like <laughs> 1999 
with basically the idea that there are like just millions of pedophiles out there looking to, to to get children and the idea that there is like an elite ring of pedophiles again is not new and it's also like you know <laughs> parody, yeah, it's, not like, it's also true yeah i mean it's been like yeah it's been widely accepted by <laughs> the left and the right for a, a while i mean like the Clintons, what were we all what were we all it, talking about last summer like it's, yeah it's, it's yeah so which is why i think it will probably become uh will continue to become more mainstream as it sort of drops the whole queue thing particularly since i actually think this facebook ban on it may actually sort of help it in a way because the ban is basically on queue related stuff which means that all their content will probably remain but it will be just generic anti-human trafficking like anti-pedophile stuff yeah yeah which is like it's much more appealing than all this bizarre stuff about like queue clocks and like queue drops and stuff that most people have no idea what it means yeah, just the right. diagrams that you need a brain tumour to understand. Yeah. Whereas if it just becomes, yeah, the generic phase of children stuff, then that obviously massively broadens its appeal to, you know, huge swathes of society, really. Since, you know, the, the central anti-pedophile stuff is stuff pretty much everyone agrees with. Mm. So. No, and, and, and it feeds naturally into, like, just various kind of anti-elite narratives. Like, I've seen people in in the UK who I know would not agree with Q sharing like save the children marches outside buckingham palace you know to protest prince andrew and all this kind of stuff which like again you know like you know okay fair enough that's what you think but then obviously the actual organizing it are like yes and, and prince andrew and joe biden are all in the room together and they're all drinking adrenochrome and it's just like kind of an introduction the same way you get handed a fucking like you know socialist worker party <laughs> card at a, at a climate change rally mm. yeah i think but i think it will sort of just become more like a just broad moral panic um but other thing when i was kind of talking about the the demobilization people saw when obama got elected i think the flip side of that is that you look at something like the tea party for example that was much much stronger under obama than it was under trump you know it couldn't really he was able to primary out or oh, come close to primary senators and stuff like that and was able to raise those considerable amounts of money I think that there will be a big backlash on the right, especially if Trump gets thrashed. Um, and you'll start to see sort of these quite fringe right-wing groups that have got a lot of attention, like Proud Boys or whatever, become more significant and sort of more mainstream in terms of having a broader appeal. Oh, mm. a backlash in that sense. I thought you yeah. were saying it would pivot... I thought you were getting it, it would pivot back towards the the mainstream which i i think is a done no. deal at this point i don't i don't see that going back as a as something with broad appeal um i just don't see that coming back ever but i think you might mm. be onto something there about the proud boys i think they just think necessarily like the proud boys themselves but what i mean is that if you, if you look at the tea party for example they were able to do the, their rallies were able to get like hundreds of thousands of people out on the street whereas they have never they were once trump got in they weren't really able to do that so much, apart from like his rally specifically. So they weren't able to get loads of people out in the streets in support of like his agenda or anything like that. Whereas like the Dems could get could do that for the Women's March and the Science March and the Black Lives Matter protests and things like that. I think also to a certain extent though, the thing also with the Tea Party in the well, kind of in the Trump era was that also it became abundantly clear that actually trump and the tea party were pretty much the same thing whereas because the tea party obviously under obama were this like you know oh we're kind of libertarian small government 
Obama is increasing taxes because you know he was told to by the Quran, all this shit. And then actually it became very apparent that when Trump came along, no, no, they're not small government at all. That they mm. believe in, you know, huge immigration restrictions, enormous government spending as long as it's, you know, on the police and stuff like that. And then they kind of won. And so actually yeah. so naturally, because they were incumbent, that kind of you know, the same way Alex Jones went from like, you know, never talk to the police to literally going on Infowars, you know, saying blue lives matter and stuff like that. Like all these groups realized that actually they just liked Trump and actually what he was saying is what they thought. Yeah. And I also think it depends what Trump does, but possibly I think he has almost sort of impeded the conservative movement in that he is such obviously a poor strategist and, you know, just generally quite a dislikable guy that I think possibly with him out of the picture, more competent people will sort of step in and be able to sort of guide the movement a bit more. Yeah. And without having to defend whatever tweets he's done. I mean, I'm yeah. Thinking, but- there are a lot of people who just hate Trump personally, and if he's gone, you can yeah, like but it's a case of, of finding someone. the The tactical competence is, you know, it's a big part, but it's a part that, as a candidate, you can subcontract out almost entirely to advisors and and campaign staff. Look and, at George mm-hmm. W. Trump's an idiot, yeah. and he hasn't done that. I, he hasn't really got a, a sort of competent team around him and he certainly hasn't got a stable team around him but i think that that you know the the trouble with the the competent quote unquote people in the in the gop um they're not actually very charismatic hawley Hmm. cotton um you know crenshaw as well like none of them actually have anything about them and and debate club nerds they're like ted cruz yeah trump you know, as repulsive as as he was, he's memorable. You know, the the oh, only yeah. thing memorable about any of the three people that I mentioned uh, is the fact that Crenshaw has one eye, which is you know not a it's it's memorable, but it's not you know memorable in a way that will affect your opinion about someone. Yeah. Um, I think it's far more likely you'll see some sort of right wing celebrity. Uh, at least attempt to fill that role and maybe fail on the first attempt. But I think that might be the path this goes. You hear a lot of stuff about like Tucker Carlson, for example, which is something I want to talk about on a, on a different episode with um, perhaps with one of our, um, one of our guests, but I've realized we've actually, we've, we, we've managed to a lot of time to uh, this more than I thought we would. Um, and I think it's time for us to relax, you know, pretend we're at the beach, maybe do a bit of tubing, maybe some Jeffrey. Tubin. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> So, I mean, I mean, I don't talk about this for long because it's, you know, everyone's talking about it now, but it is really, really fucking funny. Um, both just the actual event and also what the aftermath was. So we're talking about Jeffrey Tubin, folks. Um, New York uh, contributor, I think maybe an editor or writer, who a couple of days ago um, was doing some kind of weird election mock-up situation uh, on mm. a uh, New Yorker Zoom call and got his dick out on cam. Yeah. I mean that's that's what happened. That's, yeah, that's... just 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 whack the old boy out. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was it... in my mind. It made a cartoon sort of <clears throat> sound as it came out. But the funniest part was the like hour or so between like him getting suspended and them saying that he had exposed himself. I think wasn't it announced that he had exposed himself or he had like been behaved inappropriately on a Zoom call? 
and then yeah. finding out what exactly he had actually done on the Zoom call. And it was pretty much what we all expected, but it was still quite funny to find out. Yeah, I see, I've only sort of heard about this second or, or third hand. I've not seen any of the the video or anything like that. Was he actually, because I've heard conflicting things about it, was he actually masturbating on the call or was he just naked? Because there's a very, in my mind, there's a very big difference. So basically, there's no video or anything, but Vice, I think it was their source who was on the call, supposedly, said that basically he had his camera off, or he turned his camera off, and then like a few minutes later, he turned it on and it was just on his crotch, basically, and he was just masturbating. And then he turned it off again. And then a few minutes later came on the call and like seemingly didn't realize it had been on at all because he just acted as if nothing had happened. Um, and then just tried to con- like continue with the call. So right. he he may have the, the the argument is that he thought he was off cam. <clears throat> he turned the camera off. The mood the, the mood the mood the mood took him as yeah. as 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 it does, apparently. Um and he hadn't realized and yeah. That is, that that is that is his story, but I think the the more bemusing thing that came out of this was just, you know, um, I think Will one of one of one of the the the, the greatest benefits to having you on um, is that obviously you know Dan and I will, will will clown journalists, but we also talk about them a lot, and you know we we've we've done journalistic stuff in the past, um, whereas your hatred is pure. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, not quite <clears throat> as pure as as some of our no, some of our uh, mutual friends but, and and uh... potential future contributors, who I'm sure we'll be hearing from soon. But you know, you're, you're one of the things I hear you say the most often in response to anything journalists do is get a real job. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. That's uh, you know, as someone who also doesn't have a a, a quote unquote real job, I'm I'm sort of one none level of us, above that. None, but... none of us do. But yeah. <laughs> But you know, I don't pretend to to you know be things that I am not, um, and I think they should stop as well. But uh, so, have the journalists been at it again? I've not seen any of the reactions. Oh well, yeah, okay. it is with great regret that I announced the journo's been at it again. It's all like Jeffrey Tubin is a great man. Uh, a wonderful father and a close friend. He made a mistake and he doesn't deserve to be treated like this. Jeffrey Tubin was caught doing something that anybody caught have been doing and all this kind of stuff. And the question is just like, what the fuck is going on in these journalist Zoom chats? My favourite one has been the people accusing it of accusing um, people who you know, are criticising Tubin of Puritanism. They're like, you people have a Puritan mindset. You just want like, oh, you, you just want to see people punished. There was a guy who was like, this is like the same force behind mass incarceration in the US. Is, you know, He's got his fucking dick out. People in the US just like, want to see people, so, like, people, like, without when, to see people punished. You don't have any kind of empathy for it. Without disclosing <laughs> too much information, the three of us all work at the same job. If we were on a fucking Microsoft Teams call and one of us, you know, whacked <laughs> out Jeffrey, we would all we, we'd be fired, or at the very least given an extremely stern talking to. And we certainly would not be have, have our friends and colleagues lining up on social media to talk about what great guys we were. It's no, just absolutely. It should absolutely, and it's just a side effect. I think of just journalist brain. Like, you cannot criticize a member of the press. It does. It, it could be fucking like, you know, the the editor of Dishterma, and you would get like fucking like Matt Iglesias or Jake Tapper, who will be coming on to soon, or more likely someone in like print media, being like, 
an assault on the journalistic profession or any journalist is an assault against freedom of speech and democracy. The funnier thing has been them sort of conflating, like, there's been a few of them where they've sort of implied that the reason why people are mad with Jeffrey Tubin is that he masturbated. They're like, you know, yeah, you people that's... are so, like, uh, you're just prude or something. As if, like, people, yeah, people think he should be fired because he masturbated at any time, not because of the, the time and the place that he did it. <laughs> that's actually why Will thinks he should be fired, but... Uh, or, I thought, or, or there was another but... one where all people being like, oh, well, he did it on, just because he did it on work time doesn't mean, like... You know, people loads of people do it during work time, and they're like, "Yeah, but not usually in front of a camera, <laughs> yeah, connected again. to the rest of their work, their, their colleagues." Yeah, no, I I must admit, I when I first heard this because I was hearing those conflicted mm-hmm. things, I did take somewhat of a centrist approach on this. Of you know, if he was actually masturbating, as now seems to be the case, as as you've uh, as you've mentioned to me, um, then he absolutely should have been fired or, or should be fired if that hasn't hasn't happened yet but if he was just sort of thought his camera was off and did the call naked because in his own home that's how he dresses and he just didn't think he was on video maybe firing him just flat out is a bit harsh uh but but given that he was actually masturbating no no you're not coming back from that you're gone hmm and uh, I think one of the, but then the most constructive, I think, uh, comment made was actually <laughs> that of uh, that of OJ Simpson, oh, <laughs> friend, yes. friend, friend of the show, OJ Simpson, um, who who felt the need to make a uh, a little video in which he said, um, "Damn, Jeffrey Tubin, at least Pee Wee Herman did it in a private room." That's a really great reference. Which was really fantastic, and OJ has actually kept on doing this. Like OJ has been like weighing in on like the Democratic primary debates and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure he like semi endorsed Marianne Williamson earlier this year or last year. OJ um, every now and again he'll put like a video up, of, and it'll just be him like at the golf course, like hitting a drive, and then he'll like turn and just like talk about like the pandemic or whatever. He you know, you know OJ has to play at public courses. Okay, oh, they won't let him join anywhere, but like. I th- I can't, Wait, someone else because he's a criminal, this. or just because he's black? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, was thinking that, yeah. I think I think they have an excuse. Before, I think yeah. they have an excuse to keep him out now, <laughs> like a, like an actual legal one. <laughs> but like, I can't remember who said this. But like, just imagine you're like, imagine the three of us have gone out to play golf. Not that I play golf, but imagine we've gone out and like they're like, oh, there's uh, it's kind of tight today. Would you mind taking on a guy for a four ball? And fucking OJ Simpson just walks up to you. That'd be unreal. I mean, I'd be like, my man, how's it going? <clears throat> but I think we have a wonderful morning with OJ out on the links, but a lot of people would probably have a different reaction. But I just like thinking about that. I was sorry. I uh, Again, I was slightly distracted there because I was searching for OJ Simpson on Cameo. And unfortunately, he, he did have one at one point, but it seems he doesn't anymore. Uh, however, genuine friend of the show, Richard Ojeda, is on cameo, so we need to get on that ASAP. Friend, friend of the show, Rich Dojeda, is on cameo. Um, as I've mentioned, uh, my birthday may be in a couple of months. Any listeners, <laughs> you know, want to do me a solid? Um, and also, you know, uh, Rich and I have, have spoken on Twitter a few times. And uh, if you're listening to this, Richard, um, we're always happy to talk to you. Um, maybe we'll be in touch soon. We know you're doing some great work out there in uh, trying to turn rural America blue. So, uh, you know, our door is always open to you, Richard, if you want to come on. Um, 
you are you are one of our our favorite politicians unlike the uh the hated mike gravel who uh is not welcome on this show despised mike gravel the despised mike gravel really yeah. glad that we don't have to think about the gravel institute anymore thank fuck is that just because they didn't want to come on the show barnaby well I'd be I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't because they didn't come on the show. It's more to the fact that they said they would come on, had me fucking sat on the line for an interview and then just didn't turn up. Then emailed me like a day later being like, Oh sorry, we'll just reschedule. Then never communicated with me again. Also, they're doing elder abuse. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, but that was that was obvious. Um, I used to think that was okay because they were gonna do what I wanted. But now no. <laughs> Yeah, no. At first, it was the, thing, the sad thing about the gravel thing is that at first, it was really, really funny. When but it was it, just a couple of seventeen-year-olds getting him to run for a laugh, that was fine. When it was just yeah, when it was just like they flew, they didn't they just like email him being like you should run for president. He was like yeah, sure. Yeah, for, because they heard like because they literally heard I think Felix Biederman talk about him on an episode of Chapo Trap House. That that's very in, that's very innocent. That's but fine. that's where it should have ended. They shouldn't have yeah. done all this stuff like oh we're going to fucking gravel institute stuff. Yeah. They should, have, they should when... have moved on to try and find other older senators to try and run for. <laughs> yeah, who is the oldest? <laughs> well, the problem is, like, there aren't many of them. Like, you've got, like, it would just be the Dole Institute. I don't think you'd quite stand for the same things as, as, as Mike Gravel did. Yeah. I was going to say June Trafficant, but he's dead, unfortunately. <laughs> he is, be unfortunately. There's got to be some some people out there that could, they could, you could draft for, to run for something. Almost definitely. I mean, the Cooch isn't up to much at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but isn't he... No, I'm thinking of Howard Dean, never mind. No, the Cooch yeah. tried to run for, um, governor, he ran for of Ohio. Ohio governor. Yeah, but he'd kind of gone a bit of a weird pass like, before He's that. on Fox a lot nowadays. He'd gone on Fox quite a lot. I, thought, I think he'd gone on Fox a bit as sort of there, just like resident, like resident left-winger who would come on. But then he'd also done some uh, some weird stuff as well, I think. Yeah, yeah but there's, there's someone out there, I'm sure. But then, uh, so the other thing I want, just one thing I want to talk about with the with the the two bin OJ thing, is then that just the utterly just humorless bore Jake Tapper then weighed in. <laughs> like T- T- Tapper is literally the closest living thing to the Jeff Daniels character in the newsroom, except I suppose the only possible thing I could say. To like in favor of the Jeff Daniels character is that you know at least he can play the guitar and sing, whereas Jake Tapper just has nothing. He's just the most boring, fucking miserable man who replies to O.J. Simpson's thing saying, "You murdered your wife and an innocent man in cold blood. No one really needs to hear from you ever." Which I'm sorry to say, as much evidence as there may be, that this is a very just tricky legal area. A court of law found oj simpson innocent of those charges yeah the glove didn't fit we authorized he tried to put it on didn't fit the glove didn't fit folks didn't fit his hands were too big eric archetti's dad i was about to get really mad at that jake tapper thing i was prepared to get absolutely fuming 
Um, and then I remembered that it wasn't Jake Tapper that was accused of of murdering an intern. That was Joe Scarborough. I was getting my uh, my TV men confused. Um, you're, you're, also, you're I was about to, I was about to do it again because I was about to say that Jake Tapper actually could play the guitar. But again, that's Joe Scarborough. <laughs> I think I'm realizing that actually Joe Scarborough is clearly the inspiration for the Jeff Daniels character in the newsroom. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, you're getting your your Rockefeller Republican newsmen mixed up. But then someone pointed out, I think it was Adam Johnson, um, who 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 is a, a great guy. Follow him if you can at Adam Johnson NYC. Um, pointed out that Jake Tapper has previous for this, in which he scolded Obama in 2016 because he recruited Macklemore for a anti-opioid campaign. <laughs> Exclusively because Macklemore had once, once tweeted something quoting a rap lyric suggesting that 9-11 was an inside job. And apparently this meant that Macklemore was a 9-11 shooter. Now I don't know, but I feel like, I mean, I don't give a shit, it's fucking Macklemore. But like, I feel like an anti-opioid campaign is a pretty important thing to try and do. (laughs) Well, it kills more people than 9-11 in probably (laughs) a couple of months. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many people do they think the opioid um, pandemic is, whatever you call it, crisis has killed? Must be a few hundred thousand. Which obviously is. Yeah, like we should have looked those numbers up before saying that, shouldn't we, really? Well, but... it's, well, it's however much it is, it's exactly that number more people than died in 9 11. So. Mm. Um, yeah. Sorry, have you mentioned Jay Scarborough? Has just reminded me of. Obviously, he's married to Mika Brzezinski. <laughs> oh, Such a cool couple. The daughter Trump... of a war criminal and a man Trump... who left his congressional seat after killing an intern. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. But also... In Minecraft. Recipient of two, two of the best, possibly two, two of the best Trump tweets ever, which I had to look up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is this the surgery one? Bleeding, I, bleeding I, from I, a place I heard poorly rated morning Joe speaks badly of me. Brackets don't watch anymore. Then how come low IQ Crazy Mika, along with Psycho Joe, came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me? She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. <laughs> oh, he was so cool back then. I'm sorry, he was but every the news so often, bitch. Every so often, people are like, Trump, Trump, Trump's got it. Trump's got his mojo back. And he still comes out with it occasionally. But no. Early presidency, he just had just he, as you said, he was a news bitch. Yeah, he the, the absolute peak Trump was just him being like an Anna Winter who was very unfair to me, which just doesn't happen anymore. He just calls things fake news, but it's just I mean, bitching about people. The the Fauci Twitter thing, yes, the Fauci tweet yesterday was was pretty good. That was that was that wasn't yeah. bad. That Did wasn't you see that bad. One well. No, I didn't. Please enlighten uh, me. Hold on, let me try and find it. Um, I'm just getting his Twitter up. He tweets like just constantly now, and it's all just like he's just tweeting pictures of that recent interview for some reason. Doesn't really make. Oh, the the one he's walked out of, and is always going to look really fucking yeah. bad, but he's trying to get ahead of. It's going to be yeah. great when he. There's actually like an amazing performance, and he just like completely wins everyone over. Yeah, here it is. Doctor Tony Fauci says he don't allow him to do television, and yet I saw him last night on 60 Minutes. He seems to get more airtime than anybody since the late great Bob Hope. All I ask of Tony is that he make better decisions. He said no masks and let China in. Also, bad arm. P.S. Tony should stop wearing the Washington Nationals mask for two reasons. 
Number one, it is not up to the high standards that he should be exposing. Number two, it keeps reminding me that Tony threw out possibly the worst first pitch in the history of baseball. Oh, my. I've, I've yeah, now remember seeing good. a video of that first pitch. It was dog shit. Terrible. It was terrible. Here's the thing, though. <clears throat> it is pretty much impossible to throw out a good first pitch nowadays because they make you wear a bulletproof vest. The only guy who actually successfully threw out a good one was W. W Bolt pitched a no-hitter wearing a bulletproof vest. But W's used to wearing it, isn't he? I guess. Yeah. But, you know, that's the only, the only thing I will say in Fauci's defense is that pretty much no one can bowl a decent first pitch nowadays because you're carrying a good extra, you know, 50 kilos mm-hmm. or something. Wait, do they make you do that everywhere? Or is it just in DC after the uh, Scalise thing? <clears throat> no, no, they've been doing it since 9-11, I'm pretty sure. As I say, because it was like just after... It was like the first Yankees game after the after 9-11. Uh, w went out with a bulletproof vest and and, like, pitched a strike. I just, I just love the Bob Hope reference. The late, the late great—that's that, real. That's real. Remembering some guys' energy, which is what the selection has been. Anybody since Bob Hope, the late great Bob so, Hope. What are the odds that Biden does the Hope jobs and cash <laughs> job on tomorrow on night at a rally, or yeah. tomorrow night at the debate? Yeah, quite possible actually. Just and then um, yeah, fifty state sweep. Ooh, I forgot the debate was tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I, I keep forgetting that they're on. To be fair, like they mean, we realise how little they meant in sixteen when, for all her flaws, Clinton like fairly comprehensively dispatched Trump and all of them, and then still fucking lost. Mm-hmm. Like unless Biden has an aneurysm on stage, which he might, I'm you know not, to, or like literally forgets where he is. Like no one gives a shit. Yeah, and also with early voting at this point, like something ridiculous. Something people have already voted. more people have voted than live in California. Now. Like 50, <laughs> like fifty millionish are, are going to vote probably before yeah. the debate. Yeah, so. So it's, it's it's a lot. But yeah. yeah. And actually, we should probably get on to what we're talking about people voting. Um, one state that loves early voting and mail voting is the state of Colorado, uh, which is, I think, where our inaugural uh, edition of I'm in Danger will happen. Uh, we haven't got quite as much time to go through as we did in the, in the midterms. And rather than just talking about interesting races, um, we're talking about in, endangered incumbents, most of which are uh, Republicans, it has to be said. Based on the way that the uh, the race is going, but I think the most, pretty much the, the most obvious sitting duck on the electoral map, with the exception maybe of obviously Doug <clears> Jones in <throat> Alabama, but that's kind of a fluke, is is Cory Gardner in Colorado. So he is Republican in Colorado, which voted for Obama twice and Clinton. It's voted for a Democrat for governor every election since two thousand and six. Its other senator is former presidential candidate Michael Bennett. Uh, it's you know it's gone from a purple state to pretty much a, a sort of lean D state. You'd have to, I think you pretty much have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gardner, who was elected in fourteen again, a very sort of strong GOP year, as a relative moderate, has basically just been pretty much down the line for Trump since he got in. Um, which, funnily enough, isn't playing too well. And he's up against John Hickenlooper, the Dark Lord himself, former governor of Colorado, uh, the man who drank flacking fluid uh, and built the satanic um, temple Den- underneath Denver Airport, who, funnily enough, is using his dark powers to poll a solid sort of 15 points ahead of Corey. <laughs> it's not looking good for him. No. I mean, he's been, like, doomed pretty much since 
well, since 2016, even then, he looked yeah. it, like in real trouble. There was a brief thing of like, mm. you know, if he carves out a kind of a niche as a maverick, independent type senator, he might have a chance, depending on who the Dems run, yada, yada, yada. But like the Dems did quite poorly in 16 Colorado because they don't like, I, I can't remember, I've never actually been able to find out why this is, but there's a whole thing about apparently Colorado doesn't like the Clintons. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I keep reading this as though it's like, accepted wisdom and i can't find any reason as to why colorado doesn't like the clintons maybe seth rich was from there i don't know is it just like um, a theory because bill lost it maybe yeah but back then it was then kind it was of a fairly insane, solid yeah. like yeah i don't know but anyway but yeah but then the dems not only like fairly unusually like a haven't like completely collapsed and also have nominated probably the safest candidate that they could like you know this guy was two-term governor obviously he's kind of a uh very much like a centrist you know he was mooted very briefly as like a potential running mate for john Kasich on like a unity ticket but you know most people know him and generally like him and i was saying this to you dan like if you have a governor who wants to run for senate just run them for senate it it, it works all the time they're pretty much john yeah. john hooven rick scott's uh, you know, Steve Bullock is probably the only guy who could win the Senate seat in Montana this year. He might not, but he's putting up a decent fight. Run the governor. It, it just works. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And also, like Colorado, the reason why it moved towards the Dems was because of, you know, white college graduates moving towards the Dems. And obviously, Trump has done absolutely nothing to, to fix that problem. Yeah. He's got a, a reasonable minority population as well, and yeah. not many, and not many non-college white voters. Yeah, and doesn't have yeah, it doesn't have a huge rural population. I don't don't think compared to some other states. So it's pretty much like about as bad as it gets for Trump. Um, and as you say, like Gardner's done absolutely nothing to try and distance himself really from Trump or try and associate himself with you know, kind of more establishment republicanism. He hasn't even mustered the kind of hand-wringing, I wish he'd be more polite stuff that Ben Sass has managed. Like, just nothing. No, and I think, yeah. The thing is, like, it's the exact same thing that happened to um, uh, Dean Heller in Virginia. Uh, yeah. Not Virginia, Nevada. Nevada where he yeah. just seemed to just have this absolutely bizarre campaign where he just didn't make any effort at all to distance himself from Trump. Even though he was clearly down in the polls, Trump was not popular in Nevada. And he just basically just didn't do anything at all and just lost. Um, yeah. And that's more or less happening again here. Pretty much. Um, but while on topic of this election, it's, it's, you know, obviously you don't want to call a race before the votes are in, but, you know, this is as close to a slam dunk D pickup. You basically have to view the Senate map as an automatic, like, starts off as a, a net zero because the, the Dems are almost guaranteed to lose Alabama. Doug Jones will lose. That's you know not not his fault. It's Alabama, and his opponent isn't a sex offender, alleged. And Colorado. There's still time. There's, there's still, still time. It could come time. out. And then yeah, true. And then you know unless John Hickenlooper ascends like the mayor from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and becomes a demon, it's quite unlikely that he will lose the seat to Gardner, or you know won't beat Gardner. Well, and even then, you'd have to back him. It's still quite likely. He managed to get elected twice, despite it being quite clear what dark magic he's been using. Um, but there is uh, a quite interesting um, third-party candidate running. 
Now, I was talking um, to Will about this before the show. Um, Most third-party candidates, especially for Senate seats in the US, are pretty lame. It's always like either like a libertarian whose main thing is like abolishing social security and also age of consent laws, or like a green who is actually like married to a Republican state senator and who is secretly being funded by like a holding company associated with Jared Kushner. But every so often you do get an honest to goodness, just weird, genuine third party. And Dan, you were doing some reading on on the Unity Party candidate for Senate in Colorado this time around. Yeah, hold on. Let me get his name up. It's um no, Unity Party is a Colorado based party. Um and they, they they are basically a centrist party, but in a really, really weird way. Chairman Seku. Chairman That's Seku. the guy, Chairman Seku. Yeah, um, his his personal campaign platform seems to massively contradict the official Unity Party platform. Uh, as Dan points out, he's a centrist. He he believes in, for example, unrestricted nationwide open carry, but also reparations of a hundred trillion dollars for Black American descendants of slaves. Yeah, but as the actual Unity Party platform states, number one, the first point on their platform. Balanced budget amendment. And this guy is suggesting a hundred trillion in reparations. <laughs> Which for reference not sure re- I would square that one. For reference, listeners, a hundred trillion dollars is literally more money than exists in the world. <laughs> like obviously you can always print more, but in, in terms of like global GDP and liquidity and stuff, there is not that much money available. Yeah, and then also like point so he's got a six point plan. Um, I like that number four, the new Homestead Act, giving land to those displaced by gentrification. Like, I like the idea that people displaced by gentrification are going to be given land in like Wyoming, and also the idea that they're like living in like little, like sort of shanty towns, like Hoover. <laughs> yeah, is. that like you get displaced from like Brooklyn, and they're they're like, okay, here's here's some land in Idaho, you can go and settle yourself. And also, um, I'd take that deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sounds pretty good. And also point six being abolish prisons and release inmates convicted of low-level offences, which raises the question of what happens to the inmates not convicted of low-level offences if there are no... I think I refer you back to point number one, nationwide open carry. Yeah, Yeah. I think that may be the direction he's taking that. Um... But then, yeah, the, the, the National Unity Party is then something that we that we looked into, um, and Will, you've got their platform open, in their running as a kind of weird, like, yeah, like, 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 not weird, but like a, a centrist party. Um, yeah, well, they've, they've got a, a wide range of things here. Um, self-determination of all peoples. So that, that would be interesting. Isn't that um, just like... Some kind of anarchist theory. No, uh, that's peoples with a capital P. So presumably that means something similar to ethnic groups or or something like that. Yeah. Um, So I think that's I think that's more the angle that that is. Um, But the the point immediately above that is call for DC statehood, not Mm. hold a referendum on DC statehood, which surely would be. That would be the self-determination option. Obviously, it's almost yeah. a foregone conclusion that, that statehood would win. Has there not been a plebiscite, like an unofficial plebiscite already in DC? I feel like there has Has been. there? 
Uh, oh, well, it, maybe the has. If, it if that's the case, it definitely was in Puerto Rico. Yeah, so. Right. It's definitely on, like, I think the Dem platform is DC Statehood, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I think it's been on their platform for ages. Yeah, it's unfortunately, it's not going to, it's one of those things that is just not going to happen. Oh, no, because, the you know, the, the GOP are like, oh, it's just two free Dem senators. But then again, these are also the guys who split Dakota in half, so there'd be four GOP senators. But Yeah, anyway. but would would this be... That wouldn't be a normal vote, would it? That would be a, a sort of. Would that be like constitutional amendment numbers needed to to do statehood, or would it be a standard? No. It's just no. it's 50, 50 votes. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it can be yeah no. I assumed that it would be a, a higher threshold. Okay, that's no, no, you don't. You just need a, a submission from the prospective state and like a vote in their like legislature or like a plebiscite, and then yeah, just Congress just has to approve it. It's actually okay. really easy. Okay. It sounds like it's actually easy. Sorry. To get back onto the Unity Party, uh, other other notable things from their platform. Resign to run. Um, so any incumbent office holder, if they want to apply for higher office, must resign immediately upon filing for a primary. Not even not <laughs> even winning a primary. So that's uh So you can't hold public office while running for public office? Yeah, while running for a different public office. Oh, Obviously, okay. so if you're in the house, you have to resign. Yeah, if you're if you're in the yeah, if you're running again for the same job, then you don't have to resign that while the election's ongoing. But see, actually, I don't object to in some federal cases resign if you're nominated. So, I know Bob Dole resigned from the Senate to run for president after he was nominated. I can see an argument for that, but yeah, that's kind of fairly insane yeah Uh, and then other ones uh this is just a a a complete misunderstanding of how the u.s works uh judges not gerrymandering unity supports outlawing the drawing of legislative districts along partisan lines and supports the appointment of panels of retired judges to draw the boundaries of legislative districts no that does that does famous famously apolitical judges in the united states where they're no, either true. appointed by a political party or elected. No, you, that's that's a fair point. But then there, there are, while the judges thing is done, there are like bipartisan or nonpartisan um, electoral commissions. Like yeah, it was, um, yeah. no, Pennsylvania I, I, had one a couple. Of I years support ago. the theoretical goal here. I yeah, just think yeah, you're that, right. That it's not the idea that judges are apolitical is incredibly dumb in a country with elected judges. And also what it would be is that the Dem appointed or elected judges are like, you're right, we need to be fair to everyone. And then the GOP judges would be like, <laughs> no, no, I'm going to make Baltimore 15 different uh, congressional districts, each containing three black people. Yeah. Uh, also, eliminate the federal income tax. Amen. Social so- Social Security tithe pool which seems to just... Oh, so that's uh, the replacement that of federal like payroll po- sounds taxes. Sounds like popery to me. Tithing. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. I I think... I, I don't even know what that's... Um, yeah. No no Medicare for all on the platform, but they do support a full tax re- deduction for all healthcare costs. That, <laughs> which sounds, is... like, that sounds like it may as well just be in the, in the Democrat platform. Yeah. But yeah, 
One thing on the Unity Party, though, <laughs> I don't know, if, uh, Dan, if you want to read this. Um, Bill Bill Hammonds, their, oh, their yeah. presidential candidate. Now, Dan, you showed this to me. This goes would great. you like Would you like to read the um, online poll? I guess that was being <laughs> run by Bill Hammonds. Yeah. Would you like to read the the question? Maybe maybe, and I'll read the answer, or at least the the, the winner of the poll. So the title of the poll is Hammond's in Hearts of Iron 4. And the question is, does the portrayal of Unity Party founder and 2020 presidential nominee Bill Hammond in the Red World mod of the popular game Hearts of Iron 4 as the head of state of the Midwest Union, the successor state to the United States its capital in Denver, effectively casting him as the leader of what remains of the free world, having beaten the likes of Jill Stein and Hillary Clinton and now ready to battle the ongoing red menace led by Vladimir Putin? Make you more likely to vote for Hammond than donate to the United National Committee. <laughs> and this is this is and then there are two op- two two responses to this extremely normal question. Um, the the which you know one of the responses is just a, which obviously is just pathetic losers who've never heard of the paradox uh, interactive game Hearts of Iron Four. Uh, the winner at the moment with ninety two point. Three one percent of the vote is yes. I know that game developers are often at the nexus of trend spotting and trend setting, and savvy as I am, I instantly recognise that Hammonds and the Unity Party are going places, and I will number one vote for Bill Hammonds. Number two, text twenty friends and twenty family to vote for Bill Hammonds, and number three, donate thirty nine ninety nine to the Unity Party's Na- United National Committee. <laughs> is that the price of Hearts of Iron Four? Because that would be a nice touch. Thirty nine ninety nine is quite a familiar price as 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 a as a man who has purchased video games. So I feel like maybe yes. Yeah, that would be. I feel like that would be a nice touch if it if it is. That I would be a nice touch. But I just um, love that it's a mod. Like, like I'm. This is. I just yeah. I'm trying to imagine like Charles Curtis being you being like. <laughs> I am. I am the president in the famous Kaiserreich mod for Hearts of Iron Two. <laughs> This is clearly a sign that I'm respected as a uh, elder statesman of the United States. <laughs> but I mean, Hammond's campaign platform is also brilliant because it has like uh, it includes. He wants to make DC a state, but then move the, the the District of Columbia, the federal government, to Colorado. So just put it. Just I think he'd want to like build a new city there. Um. He wants to merge the FBI and the CIA and increase domestic surveillance of social media to prevent mass shootings. Um, he also, as you say, wants to abolish all taxes and balance the budget. Uh, he wants to bring back Star Wars, like the Reagan era Star Wars. SDI, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then number 30, he wants to rename Columbus Day Discovery Day. And uh, because it's used, that's what it's called in the nation of Columbia. And he also, number three, 33, if he wants to, uh, a federal law mandating that the coffins of veterans must be covered by a cloth flag and not a nylon, fl- nylon flag when they die. Oh, that's an incredible crank opinion. That, that is really good. That's really good. Says, really good. It's because when his father, Rich, died due to Agent Orange exposure in Vietnam, I was dismayed when the nurses laid a nylon flag over his coffin. So he wants a, uh, a federal law. To, to make that illegal, which is yeah, that's that is that is really good. 
these guys are going somewhere because it's it it's it's the, the perfect combination of like dumb like weird centrist opinions insane stuff and just like stuff that will absolutely just hit the key synapses of the boomer brain <laughs> it's stuff that like you think sounds absolutely ludicrous but if you like ask people probably pause if you polled like, it percent. like yeah. should there be a law banning veterans coffins being covered by nylon flags probably pause at like 80 percent. absolutely there needs to be a law against spitting at vietnam veterans yeah be fantastic but yeah, yeah i mean so- yeah. Yeah, and the rest of it's all just kind of like... Actually, I've just noticed something interesting about the platform as well. DC statehood, on the official platform, on the presidential platform, no Puerto Rico statehood. Curious. I think... I think we all know why that is. (laughs) RT, if you know why. (laughs) Well, because they'd elect at least one Republican senator. This is this all the conversation just quickly on the on the like the statehood thing. It's like, yeah, you get this from the GOP now where they're like, oh my god, you just want to let these new states in so there are more Democrats, ignoring yeah, the fact that it's been done in the past all the time. The GOP should be like, yeah, fine. DC statehood. Now let's also have US Virgin Island statehood. Oh, they I mean they should. They Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Like well, that, US... you'd have you'd have to exp- well then again given what we know about the US Virgin Islands and certain bipartisan activities that went on there maybe it would be one and one maybe i mean the native population of the US Virgin Islands probably don't stand for any of that kind of stuff and probably have a very um a number of very direct methods of dealing with it um <laughs> even more direct than those used by um <clears throat> employees of Rikers Island prison or not um but um, uh, yeah, uh, you pretty... say that. But what if it's like Pitcairn? Yeah, mm. I, reckon, I reckon we should just give Pe- Pitcairn an MP in this country just to see like what it would be like. <laughs> just let them, just let them send a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, there's no election. It's just just send a guy. I mean, there's like what fifty of them there. They'll just whip <laughs> around and get one person. We, just like... we should also we should also give Sealand an MP. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That the the, the guy. I mean, it's like there's just one guy, isn't it, really, in Sealand? Yeah, but it can't be him. Oh, he has to find he has to find someone else. Well, you can. To be fair, you can buy Sealand is one of those things like the moon where you can buy a little bit of a fake bit of land there. Yeah. So you could have any one of those guys and and have them be the MP. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at and there may not actually be anyone on Sealand at the moment because. The guy died basically, and his son is a is a the king of Sealand or whatever. Um, he's a prince of Sealand, but he doesn't actually live there because I don't think he really wants to live in Sealand anymore. Funny that. But no, I do. The I mean, the the fact that the Pitcairn Islands is just like sort of governed by the UK, but we obviously just sort of ignore everything that's going on there. What, what coronavirus tier is Pitcairn in? <laughs> Let me have a look. Oh, God. <laughs> there's, there, there, there's a poser for you. I'm looking at this. So, I can't see if there's any... I'm seeing if there's any... Uh, I'm on the COVID-19 pandemic in Oceania. There's been no cases so far in the Pitcairn Islands. They've suspended all their entry in now respect so god god only knows what's going on there now that they're cut off from the rest of the world god yeah that's a good point i think we can can guess yeah 
It's great because, like, if you look at like all of their governors, they've all just been they're all just convicted of like various sex crimes. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, it, it is it is quite funny because like the only sort of actual country in the world that has the level of of uh, pedophilia in in government that Americans like to joke about us having, like the only place that actually has that is technically owned by us. Yeah. It's the Pitcairn Islands and also just the state of Illinois. Mm. Well, I, 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 I'm not so sure about that last one. Allegedly, allegedly, etc. Sorry, yeah. I mean, allegedly the state of Illinois. Um, well, that's the Google... great thing about Pitcairn. You don't have to say allegedly. It's <laughs> a good point. A very, a very good point. Before I get us jail time for it. <laughs> Before yeah. I get myself into legal trouble, more legal trouble. Um, we've, we've been running for a while, so we should probably close things out. Um, I just want to quickly talk about um, something that I think has, has also animated uh, Will somewhat, and, and me, um, which was something shared by a guy called Ben Harris, who apparently is a parliamentary researcher, who, sorry, is British and identifies himself as a neoconservative. Um, Cuck! Which... <laughs> 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 um, uh, I... Yeah, um, <laughs> and he is um, he has shared something of his own invention. I understand. Um, this is from this is from Ben himself. You've all heard of the political compass. I now present to you the political wheel. It's not strictly about left or right. It was, or even about where these politicians themselves are. It is, but about where their supporters tend to be. It isn't. So this this guy has formulated this wheel of kind of known global politicians. And he's got a series of labels that he attaches to one of them. And the idea is that if you like one of these politicians, the one is to their left or their right will be another politician that you like or the next politician you like the most. Now, just quickly... Starting from the top, these labels, so this is going um, clockwise, so from, um, from, from the top towards, you know, to, to the right and around again. So you've got left-wing populist, socialist, Corbynista, which I think you need to know, Marxist, quote-unquote anti-imperialist, fascist, alt-right, nationalist, right-wing populist, Brexiteer, conservative, centre-right, liberal, conservative, centrist, neoliberal, democrat, social democrat, and soft left. Um, well, again, this this animated you somewhat when I showed it to you. Um, a, a few things wrong with this little uh, little experiment. Yeah, well, I mean, as as you said. Um... As as you said in the in the DM, you know, it really does sort of tell on yourself when you include Corbynista as a as an ideology. Uh, you know, this word that is definitely real and and has a a distinct meaning and isn't just and a, a newspaper buzzword. You know, and not say you know Trumpist or MAGA or things yeah. that actually get used by political parties and individuals. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is it is sort of ludicrous in 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 that way um the thing that really sort of you know the implication of this um i think to be honest i it's not like 
there are bits of it that aren't as awful as as you would yeah. sort of expect but it's it's just like the implication is that the politician opposite should be the one you hate the most as it gets worse and worse the further you branch out um, yeah and so taking that view there are a couple that are sort of fairly oh yeah sorry just, 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 just to clarify Putin is opposite here. hillary yeah uh, assad is opposite uh well also hillary but sort of merkel as well which is pretty fair um but then jeremy corbyn is opposite shinzo abe and, and mitt romney and i don't think <laughs> you ask most sort of corbyn uh fans I don't think they'd have more of a problem with Shinzo Abe than Donald Trump. No, or Victor Orban. Sure that's right. And then there's also just some of the issues of like of like association. So again, so just for reference to, for people here, or you aren't looking at this. So you've got these labels, and you also have a politician's face, each kind of associated with two. So at the intersection of left-wing populists and socialists, for example you've got Bernie Sanders. And then next to him is Jeremy Corbyn, who's between socialist and Corbynista, which is still just fucking embarrassing. Then, all of a sudden, between Corbynista and Marxist, you, of course, have Nicolas Maduro. Because, as everyone knows, Jeremy Corbyn wants to turn Britain into Venezuela. Uh, Then, for Maduro, you have Xi Jinping, who shares the anti-imperialist label with Bashar al-Assad. Which for me is just even more than the Corbyn Easter one, just the most arse showing fucking thing here. Which is just this hilarious, just Britain, and this is shared by like liberals and like neocons and stuff. That this idea of like basically what this means is opposed to American foreign policy goals. Like Xi Jinping and Bashar al Assad do not share much if any in the way of their beliefs i would say i don't you know i mean will you probably have more of a view on this as as, as more of a fellow traveler than well me, i mean but certainly like... <laughs> from an economic standpoint you're you're on to something there i mean they both don't like the u.s very much but yeah that's about it that's about it and then assad and putin okay fair enough putin and orban fair enough orban and trump but yeah but then so for example um yeah so shinzo abe is he, he's associated with with mitt romney and Scott Morrison. Which... No, Mitt Romney and Emmanuel Macron. Romney is our Oh, Scott Morrison is a bit further on. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And then it's like Shinzo, it's trying to place Shinzo Abe on an ideological spectrum as we would have it in the West is very hard. Like, Arbonomics was fairly interventionist and kind of left wing. Sure, mm. he was like quite aggressive in foreign policy and kind of like a nationalist. But then I wouldn't say Mitt Romney is like a notable. American nationalist. No, I mean, if all like the right. Well, he was running on the sort of Russia is the greatest threat to to world peace in in 2012. Mm. I guess, but that was more geopolitics. Yeah, but being a cold warrior then just just that's true. That's true. Mm. There wasn't an upside. It's just. I mean, I think the main thing we're coming from is that it's a dumb. It's a pretty dumb exercise, and basically, rather than trying to be like objective it very clearly shows what this guy thinks as i said corbin easter is not an ideology also he's gone now guys he can't hurt you anymore uh which is something i think a lot of people are still trying desperately to cling to um and it just kind of puts people in weird places as you said like yeah it suggests that if you're a fan of yeah 
Bernie Sanders, your greatest opponent in politics, is either Mitt Romney or Scott Morrison. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, Even um, people who don't like ScoMo or live in Australia, I don't think they're like he is my greatest enemy because it's, <laughs> no. fucking, it's fucking Scott Morrison. Like, <laughs> no, I they're still like, they're still Scott. worried about the return of Tony Abbott or Peter exactly. Dustin or something. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Scott Morrison and Boris being in the Brexiteer as well is really good. Oh yeah, it's really like, good. When I, when, when I think of Scott Morrison, the word Brexiteer comes to mind. He's always like, going on about how much he loves Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if they, if they just replace Scott Morrison with Tony Abbott, it would be fine. It's not like it's all relevant politicians. Like Mitt Romney, okay, he's a senator, but he's not in office anymore. Hillary Clinton, not in office anymore. Jeremy also, Corbyn like, is a backbencher. Like <laughs> also Macron down a centrist. Like there are a lot of words you can use to describe Macron, but I think centrist like nowadays does not really kind of sum up <laughs> what he is about. I mean, it's like trying. I mean, trying to describe what? Gaulism. Anyway, is impossible. Like you, you kind of have to say it's kind of in the middle because of just the bizarre it, positions it, it takes. In yeah, in the same way that Chairman Seku is centrist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I have sort of worked out what his what his issue is here. Um, I think it's a combination of sort of sexual pathology and being an Aston Villa fan, um, because. Very clearly, I, I think this is a this is a humiliation fetish, and normally he would get that from being a Villa fan. But they're doing well at the moment, <laughs> so he needs to go season. and do yeah. something else. Like he, he's used to getting, you know, last season he could he could get his kicks off of that by barely staying up and playing like dog shit for most of the season. <laughs> now they're four wins from four. Yeah, it's uh, it's like um, it's like you know. He's now at the stage of of having to inject heroin into his eyeballs. Yeah, there are no veins anywhere else. Yeah. They've all collapsed. Yeah, I get you. I get you. <laughs> and on that happy thought, I think it's probably best we sign off. It's been a bit of an epic return, but uh, it's been it's been it's been fun. So uh, as ever, thanks guys for uh, <laughs> for joining me. Um, if I'd known that was going to be the last thing on the episode, I'd have said something more insightful. Nah, that's not how it works here. Um, and yeah, we'll be back irregularly, um, probably a couple more times before the election. Maybe we'll do some election reaction and coverage if, if the results aren't too uh, depressing. And then, you know, we'll try and try and stay around as well. You know, not just talking US politics. We can talk like general stuff to do with politics, weird stuff from online. Um, probably a few like interesting topics that a few contributors we've got in mind will want to um join us and discuss and if nothing else there's always Stephen Seagal films to review and I am I'm I'm snapping those up at a rapid rate uh, from the 50p section in in CEX so uh, got that to look forward to but yeah this has been uh, the return of Young Boozer thanks very much for tuning in Uh, thanks Dan and Will no problem no No problem problem at all and uh, yeah we'll uh, we'll see you all again soon goodbye Reaching out to 
Sound, Dixon now.